0: Shit 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 show it's a fucking shit show
1: shit. Welcome back to Shit Show Saturday Sits all Saturday Fucks. How are we doing? Today's episode is a recording from a recent shit show support group. This is my online community for adult children of dysfunctional families, where we put the fun in dysfunctional. Now, if you are looking for a place to feel seen, heard, and understood like never before, then look no further than the shit show. If you are looking for a place where you can get real-time support and feedback from those who know exactly how you feel, then look look no further than the shit show. If you are looking for a place where you can show up as your shit show self and be unconditionally loved, supported, and accepted, then look no further than a shit show. If you are looking for a place where you can find others who are committed to doing this difficult and at times extremely painful work, of unshackling ourselves from the wounds of our past and becoming our true and best selves, then look no further than the shit show. If you are looking for a place where people embrace calling themselves, recovering shit shows and enjoy cursing and can find the humor in this big old mess that we're dealing with here, then look no further than the shit show. See the link in the show notes to Damn the Join Shit Show. Come on, we're waiting for you. We are waiting for you. Damn the Join Shit Show. Also, please give me a little follow on the Insta, on the TikTok, at adult child pod, and last but not least, and as always, give me a damn five-star rating on Apple, on Spotify. Thank you, love you all. They say that I should damn the Join Shit Show. They say that that's where people go to heal. They say that I'll feel seen and heard like I have never felt before. So I'm going to damn the joint right now. Um. OK, so I'm going to pull up the reading for today, which actually is not from today, but that I went specifically out seeking. Oh, do you want to go ahead,
2: Jamie? Hi. Yes. If I can, Andrea, um, I have an appointment that I have to leave at 10 to 6. I'm sitting in the car. And your card that says real healing happens when we allow ourselves to feel the real feeling behind the triggers. Well, you've known me almost two years now and suddenly and with this leave I realized I my whole career is my insecurities and somewhere in the last I don't know months to the word shame kept coming up I didn't really know it very well I didn't I kind of got it and I didn't but what I do know now is that's what's behind it and if I hadn't noticed the triggers and I hadn't wanted to heal and get better. I just listened to the Wednesday and he said he was a nerd or, or whatever, because he wanted to get better. And of course you did too. And I just wanted to share that. I, I, I'm just, I'm starting to read the book, the healing, the shame that binds you, which I got about a month ago. And the next day, somebody was talking about it in a group. And I could like, here, I got it. But it looked too much. And I put it aside. But I started reading, and then I've only read the prefaces. And there's good sh- shame makes us human. And I didn't know I could be human. I didn't know I could make mistakes. You know, I kept trying to be perfect until I finally, finally you know, could tell my AA group I had relapsed. And this was a a long time ago. I was saying after treatment, up to nine months. And I began to learn then, of course, the fourth step. And that it's okay to have those character defects. We're getting better. And it's just mind-blowing to me. And I needed to share that, really, because, you know, everything's been mind-blowing since I met you. And um, the healing, you know, that I can know this now, I'm not sure where I'm going with it with my job, but I know I'm going to be okay. Hopefully, I'll be doing something that I can be of more service and I have more passion for. Kind of what you say what you put on this earth for but you know i gotta make an income and a job is a job and this this epiphany is just multi-million dollars of you know rewards for meeting you and doing the work so, I love everybody. I'm going to listen as long as I can. And um, I'm just, I just had to get that out. So, as I said, this reading
1: is not from today, but I wanted, I seeked out a reading specifically on um, unmanageability, which I will share why in a little bit. Uh, so, this comes from Language of Letting Go. I think it's like May 29th. And I've definitely, read this before in a group. Um, Okay. So uh, powerlessness and unmanageability. Uh, Willpower is not the key to the way of life we are seeking. Surrender is. I've spent much of my life trying to make people be, do, or feel something they aren't, don't want to do, or choose not to feel. I have made them and myself Crazy in that process, said a recovering woman. I spent my childhood trying to make an alcoholic father who didn't love himself be a normal person who loved me. I then married an alcoholic and spent a decade trying to make him stop drinking. I have spent years trying to make emotionally unavailable people be emotionally present for me. I have spent even more years trying to make family members who are content feeling miserable happy. What I am saying is this. I've spent much of my life desperately and vainly trying to do the impossible and feeling like a failure when I couldn't. It's like planting corn and trying to make the seeds grow peas. Won't work. <laughs> I should that. Won't work. Uh, by surrendering to powerlessness, I gain the presence of mind to stop wasting my time and energy trying to change and control that which I cannot change and control. It gives me permission to stop trying to do the impossible and focus on what is possible being who I am, loving myself, feeling what I feel, and doing what I want to do with my life. In recovery, we learn to stop fighting lions simply because we cannot win. We also learn that the more we are focused on controlling and changing others, the more unmanageable our life becomes. The more we focus on living our own life, the more we have a life to live, and the more manageable our life will become. Today, I will accept powerlessness, or I have no power to change things, and I'll allow my life to become manageable. Um. Hmm. So, as y'all know, I've been struggling. Kiki, you're okay. Um, and you know, really, I, I just realized how much. I've just slipped back into a codependent thinking and behaving and really focused on like the external to like, make me feel okay internally. And as a result of that, you know, my life has just felt super fucking unmanageable. Like it's just, things have been feeling really unmanageable. And today, um, I did something really big which it sounds so silly and i sent tiffany a video a text about it and i sent nicole a message about it and i was like hysterically crying um but i have had i've had these boxes like since before like thanksgiving and they've just been accumulating like furniture that i've had delivered a new tv like a trampoline and they've just been like taking up like so much space here you know and it's just seemed like virtually like impossible to get rid of them you know like i don't i live on the third floor um a lot of them were like way too big to even like put in my car um the 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 um the dumpsters like far away and then it was like finally like today i was like i'm fucking doing it like i'm doing it <laughs> And I just, like, broke them all apart and, like, just ripped them up and, like, just got rid of all of them. And it just felt, like, so symbolic. Like, in a way, like, I want to make, like, I want to be at peace with myself again. And I want to feel good in my space. And I haven't been feeling good in my space. And so it was, like, today I was, like, enough is enough. Like, I'm committed to making this a space that I want to be in that I feel safe in, that is manageable. And it started today with the fucking boxes. <laughs> it started today with the fucking boxes. And, um, you know, I'm just going to make a list of, you know, things that and really tackle this like little by little. And um, yeah, I just I'm ready to like feel like life is manageable again. Like I paid a bunch of bills that I was just putting off to just make myself feel that negative excitement that fucking negative excitement that i have just found myself trapped back in and addicted to and god it's so hard to like pull yourself fucking out like it's really hard and um yeah i'm committed to like taking care of myself <sighs> it just felt symbolic and powerful and um, you know, I've shared about when I was in, you know, before I hit my ACA bottom, just like the the clutter and the the closet that I couldn't even open. And I just have seen myself like slowly slipping back into that place. And um, I don't know, something clicked today. Something clicked today. And so mm, I just wanted to bring that up and perhaps um inspire anybody else who has any boxes literally or symbolically that need to be taken to the uh to the dumpster so floor is open to share about that or whatever you'd like to share about or the episode uh speak up it
3: hey everyone i really didn't want to fucking be here tonight that part of me that wants to push people away um that's afraid of people is um really starting to bubble up So thank you for calling me tonight, Andrea. Um, My plan was not to be here. And um, I didn't answer. Alita um, is feeling a little sick tonight, so I wanted to get her dinner and get to bed. And I was like, oh, there's the meeting tonight. I'll have time to make it. And I'm like, no, don't make it. Just sit on the couch, do nothing. Um, So I'm really, really happy to be here tonight. Um, The last couple of weeks, I haven't been here And it really wasn't due to that. I did just have a lot of scheduling conflicts. I was out of town. Um, I had my brother's wife's dad's funeral and the wake and all that. And that wasn't so bad. I was worried about like getting really triggered by a bunch of stuff. And I didn't. I I felt like I held my own pretty well. Um, And in the meantime, I've been really doing a lot more research on just the somatic work. Um, I'm really starting to get into my body. And I, you know, talking about the unmanageability, I mean, we had a big snowstorm here, like so many people did. And I was out shoveling. And I remember last year, I didn't have the strength to shovel my fucking driveway. I was so sick. I was so fatigued. Um, I have really bad anemia and it was like affecting my thyroid and I just have this really bad hormone imbalance and, um, I've been feeling a lot better, but I'd been sick like two weeks ago. So I stopped taking my iron pills and I went to the gym yesterday and I just like started shaking afterwards from the anemia. And I kind of freaked out a little bit because it all started to feel really unmanageable again. Like, I felt like I was in that space last year where, like, I couldn't fucking do anything. I had no strength. I couldn't carry my daughter up the stairs like I would. And I would, like, be so out of breath. So um, I'm really appreciating how far I've come this last year. Um, And, like, these last few days, I've, like, felt this new baseline of, like, being more present in myself. And it, it it doesn't last for a long time. I've had like two, like 20 minute spurts where I was like completely regulated. And I was like, whoa, like this is really how it feels. And so, yeah, I've just been doing a lot of crying lately, a lot of um, working with my inner child and inner teenager. And that's all been beautiful and you know I haven't been able to make group the last couple weeks but then it was like all of a sudden now on you know on Tuesday I was at group and I like wanted to share so badly um thank you to everybody that shared on Tuesday I totally related to everything and I wanted to share and I didn't and like then knowing that group was coming up this Thursday I'm like "Eh, if I can make it I'm not fucking going to fuck those people like all these just like just and i'm like these are the people that are actually like who who actually can see me for who i am and i just want to push them away because it's so fucking scary and i've never been able to trust anybody everybody has fucking let me down and i just It's scary. It's scary to, to put that vulnerability out there. And, you know, I want to, I, I really like the topic of this meeting because it's reminding me that I don't have to resist that feeling. I can just accept it right now for what it is and just sit with it. And that's a lot of what I've been doing lately. I'll feel myself starting to resist it. And I'm like, no, just sit with it. Like, where do you feel it in your body? Um, what, you know, just sit with it. You don't have to rush to try and not feel like this. Um, just be present with yourself. Um, so that's where I've been at lately. So, Seriously, Andrea, thank you so much for calling me tonight. And I love you and I love all you guys and um just so happy to be here.
4: Hey, uh good evening, everybody. Wow, a lot of a lot of great things said. It's got my brain really, really flowing right now, and especially after that reading, the part that it talks about I've spent years trying to make emotionally unavailable people be emotionally present for me. I have spent even more years trying to make family members who are content feeling miserable happy. Holy shit! Um, I mean, <sighs> got some inspiration from other people speaking, but I mean, I'm I'm just I'm not doing good right now. I'm I. I feel like I made my way back to just trying to pretend that I'm all right all the time. I lo- look around at the people that. I'm spending the most time with, and uh a lot of them are emotionally unavailable, and then I just shut down and start people pleasing and I'm really starting to it's really starting to become apparent at how fucking deathly afraid of confrontation that I am um, it leads to having zero boundaries. Um, that plus people pleasing equals the most uncomfortable feeling in my body imaginable. Um, it's really, uh, not a fun place to be. And I think, um, if I'm being honest with myself, it's like, I know what to do and it's, it's just, I have the knowledge and, uh, I appreciate what you said at the beginning, Eileen, because that's that really hit home with me is like, that's what I do. It's like I shut down with a few people and then I disappear from the support that I have. Um, and I feel like that's what's happened these past couple weeks, couple of months is it's just like I'm slowly. Just being content with being miserable again. And I don't like it. I just want to say it out loud. I fucking don't like it. And I'm not sure what the next step is going to be, but uh, I know I'm going to have to overcome this fear of standing up for myself, saying things that other people aren't going to like. Yeah. And actually, because I mean, when that doesn't happen, I lose so much respect for myself. And I, I I try to ignore that it's happening, but it's it's become it's built up enough to where it's too obvious now. Yeah. So. Thanks. Uh, thanks for the inspiration from some stuff that was said by other people tonight, because it's definitely got me pointed in the right direction. So thanks.
0: Well,
5: one, I am the queen of boxes myself and need to make that same journey. I'm going to stop my video because I froze and turn it back on but this week i well recently i put up a website for my new business and i put on it that i'm an adult child and my mom discovered this this week and sent me a text message and said you might want to put on your website that your mother is the alcoholic so that your father doesn't get any negative backlash and it was really jarring I mean I guess I knew that they could discover it at any time but I guess I never really thought that they would um I guess I never thought that they would look that closely but then I was like holy shit my mom admitted to being an alcoholic and um that was wild um and it made me feel all types of ways. Like I felt bad for hurting her feelings, but at the same time, like it's a part of my journey. And that's how I got to my spirituality, which is how I got into tarot reading in the first place, which is what my business is and into the mindfulness coaching. And, um, My dad drank just as much as my mom when I was growing up and was definitely an alcoholic. He just doesn't drink now because his doctor told him his liver was fucked and he had to stop drinking. And so he's, he's sober now, but he was just as much of an impact on me growing up. And as much of the reason I'm fucked up as I am, as my mom, and there's no reason to leave him out of it. Um, so I ended up changing my website to exclude it, but I never told her that I did because she can discover that on her own if she wants to. But I share it with enough people that are close family friends that it's probably not fair to them to share about their personal lives but it was just a whirlwind of a week um going through that journey and having my mom admit like admit to being an alcoholic and talking with my therapist about you know she's sort of opened that door like are you going to go in it are you going to do anything about it are you going to talk to her about being an alcoholic um and I don't think I will because I think I can't do that without having expectations that she will do something and change, and I don't think she will. So I think I'd never be setting myself up for disappointment. So yeah, that was my traumatic week.
0: Hi, Andrea. Um, I don't get here as often as I should. I want to say that I'm an alcoholic. I'm an adult child of an alcoholic. I am addicted to anything that is not good for me. And when you were reading the uh, daily reflections or whatever, and you know, I really didn't know what I was gonna say. It was just like, I could really relate to what you you were talking about. And it's like, sometimes I think I've wasted over half of my life trying to fix everybody else because I didn't wanna look at myself. Because it was it was too painful to look at myself to see all this stuff that I've stuffed inside of me. And really what it comes down to it, I can't really blame anyone else because no one no one ever made me drink, no one ever made me drug. I made those choices myself. Some of the trauma that being an adult child of an alcoholic. I will deal with later on. It's just too much to handle right now. But when you said about the boxes, I was just like, fucking boxes everywhere. My apartment looks like a bomb went off in it. I was doing so good. And then all of a sudden, I don't know, I just, maybe it's an emotional flashback, whatever everybody's talking about, but all of a sudden it's, well, well, I don't give a fuck. I'm lucky that I could brush my teeth and take a shower and wash my hair each day. Is it depression? I don't know. Is it this time of year? You know, seasonal depression, whatever they want to call it. Some days it's just a struggle, you know, just to take my meds like I'm supposed to. And sometimes you can't really talk about this stuff in AA meetings but I do feel safe here in the shit show. I really, I really do. I, I don't know why I don't come here more often. Maybe it's because I don't want to hear things that I should hear and that's entirely possible too. But, uh, I see there's a lot of hands behind me, but I just wanted to say hi and, uh, I don't know, claim my seat, whatever the heck you want to call it.
6: Thank you, Andrea. I'm so glad you shared about the boxes because honestly, like I have the camera angle that like the only place right now that you can't see what a fucking shit show my apartment is right now. Like I'm at the point that I'm like disgusted with myself. It's like, I can't believe that like, I'm just living like this and uh, it's definitely starting to take a toll on me. But I haven't gotten to the point that I've done anything about it yet. I don't know what the fuck is my problem, but well, actually, I do know what my problem is, but um, which brings me to my next point that I had, I realized yesterday that like I've been in a, um, a an emotional flashback for the past couple of weeks. Almost like for the first time in like months, I was like super uncomfortable around everybody. Um, I'm like just having all this just like shitty thoughts about myself just like all these like weird things that I haven't felt for a long time, uh, uh, which was like slowly creeping into me, like not wanting to get out of bed in the morning. Um, I can't say that has shifted yet, but I, I knew I was getting worse and worse and worse. And then the only word that was in my head was emotional flashback. So I just did a YouTube search and, um, a video came up from like, I think it's the crappy childhood fairy. And, um, It was like every single thing she said that was like a symptom of an emotional flashback was exactly what I was going through. And like, I was just like bawling my eyes out, probably like 20 separate occasions yesterday. And so then I broke out the uh, Pete Walker book, which I have, and I started reading about what to do about emotional relapse. And I mean, honestly, that book's a little heady. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of words in that book. And, uh, but no, you know, I think I got the gist of it a little bit. So I just like spent some time last night meditating. Before I went to bed, um, I woke up this morning. I did not want to go out of bed again. And I was like, you know what? Instead of beating myself up about it, I was like, I'm just going to let myself stay in bed. I'm going to give myself the space to just feel like shit and to not beat myself up about it. So I did that. I get up. I meditated. for like a half hour. I did some journaling. Took my uh, plant medicine. And I actually had a great day. I kind of came out of quite a bit which is kind of empowering because I really was like getting a little concerned about the, where I was going to. Cause in the past when this happens, happened to me, granted, I didn't have the knowledge of any of the vocabulary that I have right now since I've started this journey. But like, I, I mean, I would like literally go into such a tailspin. I would like not leave my apartment for like weeks on end. I was would do nothing but sleep all day and I could feel that coming a little bit. And that always scares the shit out of me. So yeah, I don't know. I'm just grateful to have the knowledge that I have. I mean, I'm just at the tip of the iceberg with it. And um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just grateful that I uh, had a little bit of relief from it today. Hopefully that keeps going. I'm just going to try to stick to my just taking care of myself and uh, uh, stick to like a really solid morning routine, which I had been doing for like the past couple of months. But the past couple of weeks, it, since I guess this emotional flashback was going on, I think I kind of just threw it out of the wind and was just like, fuck it. and didn't even realize that, that was what was happening. So um uh, yeah i'm grateful for you guys and um thank you for listening
7: Well, there are two bits of this reading that really kind of spoke to me the most um the bit that said i spent my childhood trying to make an alcoholic father who didn't love himself to be a normal person who loved me and then a paragraph sound one saying is this i've spent much of my life desperately and vainly trying to do the impossible and feeling like a failure when i couldn't those two really go together for me because I blame myself so much for my dad dying because of his alcoholism and driving drunk and and it was in, you know, the second part of that was that I've spent my life trying to do the impossible and failing when I couldn't, but I still think of myself as failing as this young teenage girl for my dad dying. It's just, it's so and when i actually like sit and think about it i'm like no of course like you couldn't have but then just in my life as i go forward i just like truly believe that i don't deserve a manageable life and i've just been seeing that a lot lately um like i recently switched jobs and now i'm back to working nights and you know like i my body is just not coping with it well and i will you know, get home and eat, you know, stale tortilla chips. And that's like my nutrition for the day, because if I eat at night, I get sick to my stomach and then I'll sleep maybe two hours during the day and go back and do it again. And it's just, um, but I'm like, that's what I, that's what I deserve. And then I will waste an entire day trying to get back towards, you know, being a, a daytime person. And Like yesterday I was off, but I'd worked the night before and I just basically did nothing all day and felt like a piece of shit. And today I was very productive and like did things and cleaned the house and chopped wood and cooked and it's just and my husband comes on, he's just like, Oh, I love it when you make everything so nice and cozy and it's like I it doesn't feel that way. It feels like I've completely failed because yesterday I did nothing. And you know, yeah, it looks great on the surface, but guess what? I have a closet that is totally unmanageable and just like shit everywhere and this other place that I'm just so disorganized and I just I just feel like I'm completely failing and because of my schedule too I've also just been not able to really make it to many meetings and I also my therapist had to quit because of her own health issues and I've actually been trying to look into a trauma therapist but I'm like I don't deserve that. So one, I think it was, I forget who said it, but like, oh, I'm, I didn't have enough trauma to deserve that. Like, that's truly what I'm thinking. Because I failed at saving my father. I don't deserve any of this. I don't deserve, you know, to have my own health looked after, like literally eating and sleeping. Like, I don't think that I deserve, you know, normalcy in that. Um, So just trying to work through that, and then lately at work too. This is less to do with the manageability, but I don't know if it is. I've worked critical care for the past eight years now. I don't know if it's just this particular location, or if um, it's just like the holiday season. But there are so many alcoholics that are just either dying like their liver failure is so bad that they are so sick and dying in our ICU or you know they're just detoxing and we get them through the detox and then throw them back out into the street and all the nurses are like oh well we'll see them again soon sure enough and they're just so hateful about these patients and it just it makes me it makes me like sick and it's just it's just really disheartening that we don't do enough as a healthcare system for these people and that it's, it is 100% a disease and they are some of the sickest patients that we see. And it's just, it's, we're, we're failing them so much. And it's just, it's, and again, I, it actually does have to do with the, I'm a, I'm a failure because I'm not able to save these people either because of the system, so, I don't know. That's what I got, kind of a, kind of a downer, but I appreciate all your shares. Thank you.
4: slow now. I can't